once verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 310 of Priority One Podcast, your weekly report on all things Star Trek, recorded live on Thursday, March 16th, 2017, and available for download or streaming on Monday, March 20th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Tony. And in the recording booth, as always, is our audio engineer, Winters. So, Tony, what do we have coming up this week? This week in Trek It Out, we're talking about sequels, 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 fun times in Her Majesty's Realm of Imperial Islandness, and Wax Museum Restoration. And in Star Trek Online News, we're tackling the balance changes coming to space combat. As always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Captains, we miss you throughout the week, and we'd love to hear from you. So, reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're on Twitter, at PriorityOnePod. You can send us an email via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Now I just want to give a quick shout-out to our Patreon supporters. With a pledge from as little as a dollar a month, it's all you guys who keep this show going. Find out more and add your support, please head over to Patreon.com forward slash PriorityOne. And of course, if you're a fan of our show but can't make a financial contribution, there are a number of other ways you can help support us. Subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. Share Priority One with your friends. And if you plan on subscribing to CBS All Access, doing it through the affiliate link on our homepage at PriorityOnePodcast.com benefits us as well. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's check it out. There have been rumors and teases that there would be a new Star Trek film after Beyond, but nothing official. However, during an investor's event, Viacom CEO Robert Backish said they are committed to producing 15 movies a year and specifically called out Star Trek in those plans. Now, they're not going to be doing 15 Star Trek movies, but they want to produce 15 films, and Star Trek being one of their tent poles, mm -hmm. they'll be producing uh, some more films, so we have that to look forward to. Now, I have a, I have a question. Okay. Okay. Has there ever been a moment or an instance where a film turned series with the same actors? Um, so, wait, you mean a film turned TV series? Yes, yes. I can only think of one, um, but not with the same actors. Okay. I know it's yeah, happened before. The there have been spinoffs and stuff like that. You know, I would love if the cast, uh, the, the JJ mm -hmm. cast, Kelvin Timeline cast, did a TV series. Yeah. No. Even if it wasn't like a 24 episode series mm -hmm. but like a Sherlock thing where it's like five five episodes a year oh, yeah, or like something a mini like that series and then a big thing. yeah like little mini mm. series and then big budget film yeah because their chemistry is great yeah. and I and I mean it's just it, it cries for television yeah I, I mean I think the problem with that is that you're actually dealing with real people who are actors and producers and directors and such and it's a different beast film from television isn't it I mean I think if you filmed it like a film 
but then produced it for TV, maybe. But you, you wouldn't get it on that sort of tight turnaround, um, you know, weekly production type of thing that you would get with a normal TV series. It just feels weird. I don't think the actors would want to do it. It's, it's too much not too much work but it's a different kind of work and likewise the the directors and so forth they're producing for a film is a totally different beast than television yeah well for our next story weren't we just talking about star trek themed roller coasters a few weeks ago well now it doesn't look like you'll have to go all the way to germany to experience a star trek ride it turns out the uk is getting its very own paramount theme park scheduled to open as early as 2022 in dartford and expected to be the biggest theme park in the uk according to the article the park will be inspired by paramount film properties like star trek as well as bbc and ardman animations just imagine that a sherlock escape room and starfleet command all in one big park could be pretty exciting i would fly to the uk to do a theme park like this. I would do that. Well, they don't really have... Especially Star Trek. I can imagine it, they're going to have a Starfleet mm-hmm. Command kind of thing. Like It's, it's going to be huge. Well, they don't yeah. really have um, adult proper theme parks. They have amusement parks, like, you know, go when there's roller coasters, and of course the roller coasters have a theme kind of thing. Um, there are some children's ones, like you've got Legoland or... Um, I'm thinking in the UK. In the UK, saying. there's Peppa Pig World, which is quite fun actually. Um, Thomas the Tank Engine. There's like a Thomas <laughs> the Tank Engine World. There is, uh, but there's not. Uh, there's not really a theme park where you know along the lines of Disneyland, Disney World, or Universal Studios, where it's that whole theme thing rather than just the amusement park kind of it. So right. it's really it's ripe for they're developing something i think it's really interesting and kind of exciting that it's paramount who are kind of trying to go there first well clearly they want a whole bunch of americans to just overrun the place obviously that's what they're looking for if they wanted <laughs> yeah. to if they're after a british crowd they would have uh, pegged doctor who because mm-hmm. they said they have bbc rights here so they would have like that would have been the marquee uh, you know, all the ticket turnstiles would have been phone booths. And, oh, you know, yeah. I, mean, I forgot about Doctor Who. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, if they wanted a British crowd, that's who they would have gone with. But clearly they're focusing on the transatlantic uh, 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 tourist trade there. So well, get your passports in order, everyone. Yeah, well, it's it, it, it remains to be seen if they're, if they're doing things with Ardman Animations. Now, um, if for those people who don't know who Ardman is, they're the people that do Wallace and Gromit. Um, and, uh, God, Chicken Run and... A whole bunch of other, that claymation type thing. Yeah, I was hoping they were the ones that did the Monty Python animation with the giant feet. Uh, no, yeah. no, it's not uh, that. No, it's the um, it's the claymation stuff. Um, and they are theoretically doing something with the BBC, although I imagine it's going to be a while before we'll figure it out since it says um, it might open in 2022. Mind you, I keep forgetting that 2022 is actually not that far away. <laughs> it's only five it years really from isn't. now. Yeah. Well, it looks like Houston Huddleston is back at it again. The man that saved the bridge of the Enterprise-D, the set, that is, just scored another piece of science fiction history. The complete original series bridge set and wax figures of the entire cast from Movie Land Wax Museum in Buena Park, California. And that closed in 2005. For over 10 years, no one knew what happened to the set and the wax figures until now. Houston has just launched a Kickstarter campaign to help restore the set and the wax figures. 
Not only that, but he's listed the help of Greg Nicotero, the master makeup artist known for his work on The Walking Dead, to help restore the figures with more accurate hair and makeup. Right now, Spock has a weird wig on. It looks like a, like it, it's like a, it's weird. It's really awkward. You got to watch the video. <laughs> it's a small goal at just slightly over $14,000, but they're offering some interesting perks. In addition to things like t-shirts and the, the whatnots, if you pledge $100 or more, you're invited to a Star Trek party at a restaurant in Los Angeles with Star Trek actors. So, yeah, if you watch the video, there's a Kickstarter video that Houston narrates, uh, and he's showing these images, and it's kind of freaky because you see, like, DeForest Kelly's head on a spike, pretty much. Yikes. Yeah, so, <laughs> and, like, their hands, and, and, and it's, it's, kind of, it's really awkward. It's kind of, it's weird. Yeah. But, I mean, if this makes it to the Hollywood Science Fiction Museum, that ultimate goal. Oh, what I failed to mention, too, is that once these are restored, they're going on a national tour with Right. It, oh, wow. Which is pretty cool, which is going to be pretty exciting and pretty Yeah, cool that see. is quite cool. To have a set with, um, with the wax figures of the whole cast um, is potentially a, a pretty big draw. Imagine that being at some place like Star Trek Las Vegas. What's interesting is, is, is that these molds were taken from the actors. Like, these are legit wax figures modeled right after, right exactly after mm. them. Well, Captains, we'll have links in the show notes for this Kickstarter campaign. Let us know if you contribute and help make science fiction history. Now let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome again to Star Trek Online News. This week, we're focusing on early reactions to the space balance changes coming soon to PC. But first, some console news. First up, just to follow on from our story a couple weeks ago, the Breach event has gone live this week on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Running through the 7th of April, players can participate in the daily event queue and earn Voth Operative Transmissions, which they can then save up for the ultimate prize, a package of Dilithium, Marks, and the grand prize, the Tier 6 Admiralty Card VSS Tanius Voth Citadel Dreadnought. Once again, the console version of the Breach event is on now and runs through April 7th. This week's console patch notes brought a handful of tweaks and fixes that will affect nearly all players. The big fix this week is that the temporal transponder is now fully operational. If you'll recall, this is the gadget that new characters created during the temporal recruitment event receive when they reach level 10. It gives them access to all sorts of rewards for completing normal in-game tasks. It hasn't been working since Agents of Yesterday was launched on console, so many players will have banked quite a few goodies to unlock. So go and trek it out now and get your rewards. In other fixes, there was also a long-standing issue with poor turn rates for escorts on console. That has now been sorted out, and players should find that their escort ships are much more responsive. And finally, some menus have been tweaked to make certain actions more accessible including adding a change outfit option to the captain's commands window. Also added to the captain's commands window are shortcuts to the duty officer menu, crafting, reputations, and admiralty systems. All those menus will stay in their original locations as well, but most players should now find them easier to access on the fly. There were also a handful of system tweaks. To check if your build could be affected, we'll leave a link to this week's console patch notes in the show notes for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO 
3-1-0. Okay, now on to the big chewy topic for this week. We've known for a few weeks now that the developers of Cryptic have some pretty big changes coming for us in the name of rebalancing. The ground combat changes have already gone live with not really that much drama. It was always the space changes that we held our breath for, though, since many players really consider Star Trek Online a space combat game. This week we've had more details of the intended changes coming to space combat, and the proposed changes are now live on the Triple Test server if you're keen to test them out and have your say. Today we're not going to try to cover them all, there are far too many changes coming to go through all of them, but uh, we will touch on a few of the biggins. Keep in mind, of course, that all amendments to powers and the like are subject to change and may or may not end up in the final version of the patch. Now, according to the official announcement, if you'll recall, the purpose of the balance changes are to increase fun, retain the value of player investments, and make it so that all choices in the game are meaningful. I think it's fair to say that those goals are sensible, and most players would agree. So let's review some of the biggest proposed changes with those goals in mind. So let's start with making all choices in the game meaningful, which, if we read between the lines, is basically aiming for tactical captains to be less effective and engineering and science captains to be more effective. So one of the very first things that they've they've done here is a number of the captain's powers have been made less effective for tactical captains, but the ones that are that apply to science and engineering captains are more effective. So examples would be attack pattern alpha. Attack pattern alpha which now has uh, it's longer bef- between the times that you can use it. Only last 20 seconds. There you go, instead of 30 seconds before. But then... (laughs) Tony, how do you feel about this? (laughs) I said my piece. Well, I mean, here's the thing. It's true that, by and large, the the generally accepted, I don't know, scheme is that uh, tactical captains are more effective. And it's an uphill battle if you want your engineering or your science captain to be as effective as a tactical captain because of the tack abilities. So something on the list here that you have, Kenna, is beam special powers are less effective. Beam overload doesn't always crit, but normal damage increased and has additional bonuses for basic attacks after after activation. And fire at will now has slight penalty to damage at all ranks and accuracy debuff and an accuracy debuff. So, okay, I so beam overload doesn't always crit yeah. now. Right. Which was one of the selling points of Beam Overload, and one of the reasons that you might want to use it is because when you hit Beam Overload, it's a guaranteed critical hit. That no longer happens. That's, that's correct. The, it no longer, well, it, it is proposed that it will no longer always crit, but to compensate for that, they've increased the normal damage when you're on Beam Overload, and then after the... After the ability is activated, there's some other additional buffs to your weapon damage that happen, you know, once Beam Overload has has fired off. So it's a kind of an attempt to make up some of that damage a little bit. What I see with this, you actually said it perfectly earlier, Kenna, it, it is probably going to be a huge nerf to tactical captains. And the idea is to bring the three different career classes more in line with each other. And the idea behind that is that you know, if you decide to play a science captain, you don't later on find out that, oh, do you know what, I would have been better if I went with a tactical captain. I think that's what the whole idea behind these changes are, and this is what they're trying to achieve. A lot of the changes, I went through them, and 
certain abilities or an awful lot of abilities do have, you know, like a reduced damage or, you know, taking away an ability or shortening or lengthening the length of something. Uh, but there's usually some other thing then that they're given back. So it's like they're taking away something and they're given back a little. Like, for example, with the beam special powers, beam overload doesn't always crit, but normal damage is increased. You know, they've taken away something and they've put a little back. So, all right, you're talking about balancing the three classes in Star Trek Online, right? Star Trek Online does not follow the standard holy trinity of MMO, right? No, that that's out the window. Is this an attempt? Is this is now this this is even this is even farther from that? Or are they trying to make you? Are they trying for the holy trinity? I don't particularly think they are trying for the holy trinity because then you would be you would see the the you would see them separating more rather than balancing towards one goal. You wouldn't. So when we're talking about damage, instead of seeing tack damage going down and engineering and science going up to sort of meet each other in the middle, you'd see tack doing more, but engineering, you'd see more, more things that benefit you being a tank. And you'd see science being more of a special abilities, you know, exotic damage and healing abilities, that sort of thing. But that's not really what we're seeing here. I think what they're trying to do is bringing us closer to what we see in canon on TV in the films where I mean think in all good things you know you get you get a science ship well Voyager was a science ship technically out there on their own totally totally capable of of combat and defending itself you're trying to make it so that you can role play whatever captain you want to do and you'll still be able to effectively play the game on your own if that's what you choose. That's kind of where it seems like they're heading to me. And for those of you that may not be aware, what when somebody refers to MMO gaming and the Holy Trinity is the idea of your tanker, somebody who takes damage, a healer, somebody who revives you, saves you, and then... And then your DPS. Yeah, damage right? per the, second. The guy who goes in there swinging his sword around and then relies on everybody else to look after him. <laughs> the rogue type, as it were. <laughs> yeah. And Star Trek Online has never fallen into that that typical gaming style, right? You don't have to rely on a science officer to get through a mission or get through a raid. You don't need a science ship. Whereas in other more traditional MMOs, that was the case. You don't... You don't don't you dare think about going into a dungeon without a healer or a tanker or something like that. Leroy Jenkins. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. Very infamous yeah. Leroy Jenkins. Leroy Jenkins. But keep it. But keep in mind that a lot of Star Trek Online is very story based. It's that story mission based thing where, largely speaking, you're encouraged to play by yourself. So they don't want to put you in a situation where you need to have people to team up. I like, for instance, me. I prefer to play by myself because I want to experience that story in a very like role playing in my head kind of way. It would really mess it up for me if I had to always have a, a team of three in order to get through an, uh, to get through a mission. Okay, so uh, let's talk now about this idea of ensuring that player investment retains value. And I think this is this this kind of appears to be the sticking point for a lot of people. So. The current quote-unquote meta, and forgive me because I'm not a super expert at this, but generally speaking, we're talking about 
tactical captains in tactical ships with a certain set of expensive consoles, weapons, other things that people have invested an awful lot of time, money, in-game money, and also real-life money in getting. And there's a couple things that are pretty significant uh, nerfs, or they've um, taken the damage or the effectiveness down on. Well, let's talk about the first one, which is Embassy Plasma Consoles. So these are weapon signature nullifiers and amplifiers. They're bought from the uh, fleet embassy. And uh, what they effectively do is they will, if they crit, if they proc, then they apply a plasma damage explosion on the target alongside whatever other weapon you happen to be running. Now, these are actually pretty powerful. They've already nerfed them once. Then in this particular proposed set of changes, the plasma proc is now going to be down to 25% of the damage it was before. And now it only procs per cycle instead of per shot. Now, I don't know whether that is applies to all the shots within a cycle or whether it only applies, like, once per cycle. Once per cycle, that's it. Because before it was every shot in the cycle. And now it is just the cycle. At first glance, it's a 75% reduction in damage. It actually will probably work out to be less than that because you're proccing less frequently. And that is something, you know, that affects me. I've got three science consoles on my fleet arbiter. And, I mean, I wouldn't say the embassy that that plasma proc was my hugest source of damage, but it will be a significant chunk taken off the top. And that they're not that cheap. I mean, they're, they're, they're a lot of fleet marks and they're a lot of dilithium. Yeah, but what are fleet marks and what are dilithium? A time currency and a time currency. Exactly. There's still time currency and time currency. So that, I, I don't Go mind play the game too some much. more. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the one I think that people might actually be a little upset about is the next one, which is the plasmonic leech, which is, again, part of the current meta. Although I, uh, I'm not sure that many people have it because it isn't that accessible of a console. But a lot of people have paid actual money to get it. And that now, uh, if, if you don't know what the plasmonic leech is, it basically it drains energy from your targets. So it's a, it's a, it's a, a weapon, well, it could be weapons, whatever, drain on your target, and it adds, uh, it adds power to all of your subsystems. So it's, it's, it's kind of a big deal, especially if you have a warp core that has got the amp feature on it, which gives you extra damage over... Uh, 75 weapons power or 75 power on all the subsystems so now plasmonic leech the the targeted drain is going to be the same so the effect on your enemy is the same but what you get back as a benefit is noticeably down and that is deliberate and that's something that i think people might be upset about because that one is more expensive and you could be losing out, especially if you've got it recently and haven't had the benefit from it. I think there's um, two ways to look at all of these changes. And you can look at it, number one, in that, you know, I had to spend 50,000 fleet credits and whatever deal on the plasma consoles, uh, or, um, you know, I had to put down Zen on the game to get the plasmonic leech on the KDF side, or whatever. And, you know, oh, it's a nerf. Or you can look at it in that do you know what, now I'm not being channeled into one direction you know, where I have to get this item 
you now have choice. Yeah, I think it's really what it's about. I mean, I think I'm sure they looked at their stats and said, you know, for people who spend X amount of time in the game and are at level 60 and have been logging in consistently for the last three months. 84% of them have the Plasmonic Leech console and the Plasma consoles from the Embassy. And they're looking at that like, that's a problem. Because if all the experienced players and everybody who is doing it are doing it one way, it means we've made those consoles too powerful. And I think that that's probably what... And this is a solu- this is the solution, in quotation marks. The solution is you get nerfed. And there's really no other way around it. I mean, it's if they want to knock you out of that, they want to knock down the 86% or whatever it is, got to happen. Like I said earlier, you know, uh, I think the, the whole idea behind this uh, change is so that you never feel like you've made a bad choice in purchasing something. Unfortunately, it does mean that some things have to be nerfed. Um, but as I said earlier, there's two different ways you can look at this. Yeah, I do think they're going to run into issues because one of the things that they said they wanted to do was ensure that player investment retains value and arguably some of the people who have invested the most in the game are going to feel very much that the things that they've spent the most money on are now are, are being hit the hardest. Uh, I don't know, that might be a very small part of the population, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, if, if we're focusing on just these two things, again, one of those paid for almost entirely by a time currency and the other one you don't have to spend money on it but a lot of people maybe did but i mean what, what was that that was attached to a seat was this, the plasmonic leech was that attached to a lockbox or a sea store ship both yeah on the kdf side it's attached to a tier three kdf ship uh, the, sea store the vandal destroyer right. thank you and then on the feder- fed side it's a lockbox isn't it it was yeah, one of those cross the, the faction share lockbox, yeah, one of those cross faction, the infinity lockbox, cross faction unlocks. Okay, so I mean, those things wound up on the exchange, right? So I mean, some people. I mean, so again, I, this is the the design of the game is that you can get everything through gameplay eventually if you're patient enough. Uh, so it all comes down to if these are the only two things that people are, we think are going to complain about. I think they've done a pretty good job by not having people complain about everything else. Well, it's interesting that you say that because one of the other points that I wanted to make was that we are actually getting something for free here. It's unrelated, but it's different. So they're adding to the Dilithium store some account starship trait unlocks, which basically means that if you've got a, a starship for a Federation, a Federation character that, that unlocks a starship trait, you can't benefit currently from uh, your KDF character can't benefit from that but now you can actually go into the dilithium store and unlock that trait for free on your other faction characters in your account so it they are kind of giving you something back for free which helps you kind of potentially improve uh, your other factions which is good and then of course there's there's a question are we going to need a respec? Oh, I think they should definitely give people a respec. Yeah, and we've reached out to Cryptic to, to ask that question. Um, haven't had a response as of yet, but of course we'll update you guys if they do come back to us. I think that's just good, good customer service, That especially for your top-end players. That's some that's some fan service there. It's like, well, yeah, it, you know, like, like Winter was saying, take this as an opportunity to explore something else. And I think that I think that Winter's point, I think that they would be able to make Winter's point if they said that. Here, have a free respect. Okay, so the final thing on their list was making the game more fun. Now, this one's a little bit harder to quantify because everyone's definition of fun in Star Trek Online is a little different. But most of us here 
play a little bit differently. So should we just go around the virtual table and say whether we think there's more fun or not? Tony, why don't you start? Because your face is the I have a strong on opinion. my screen. And I have <laughs> strong opinions. <laughs> what is your strong opinion? Do. Cannons are not going to be as cool anymore. They're lengthening the firing cycle. Yeah, so this is, Tony's Ooh. referring to, they've lengthened the firing cycle for cannons from three seconds to five seconds. So it'll take longer to fire. Yeah, I, I like my little my turret builds because it like all it goes all Battlestar Galactica with all the cannons firing off all the ones. You throw a scatter volley on there, and it just totally just blankets the sky with little you know pew pew pew. Now it's going to be slower. So so instead of like pew pew pew, it's pew pew pew. pew. It's, yeah, it's, no. Yeah, it's just it's like it's like <laughs> it's early eighties early eighties space invaders. Now forget it. It's not even a, it's not a fun anymore. But so big thumbs down on that one. But I, I, I do, I do have to say that for, like I was saying a couple weeks ago, for me, the casual player, this is not the, these changes they're talking about making are, aside from my view, it's really not going to change much of anything. For the casual player, I'm never going to notice that power drain association thing. Not even going to, not, not even an issue for me. Uh, Twenty seconds, I complain, but that just means I have to like just change my timing on the attack pattern alpha. It's, it's it's not that big a deal. Eliza, what about you? I don't see what any of this has to do with fun. <laughs> Fine. I, so I, I don't. Neutral. I, yeah, I don't. Neutral. It, yeah, it's... it's um, This is under the hood things that are being changed. And I got out from under the hood of Star Trek Online a long time ago. You know, with the DPS leagues and all that jazz. It just... It, it became this obsession and... And it burned me out. So I look as long as you know we sp- we talked about this a, f- a few moments ago. But as as long as I can still log into the game and get things done with my existing build, and I don't have to start from scratch on things, as if though I have to relearn the game and retool my equipment and redo everything, I it I'm uh, you know no skin off my back. You know it doesn't it doesn't affect me. It doesn't bother me. I can s- now. You know, it's interesting that, you know, they use phrases like, you know, ensuring ensuring that player investment retains value, but also nerfing those very things that players invested money in. It's, well, it's, two it's, things that we've been able to identify. Right. Two things we've been able to identify. So, you know, like that's... Those that's, are the probably uh, biggest ones, but there's an awful lot there. So. But again, that just makes the point then. If everybody has it and everybody's whining about it, it means they misdesigned the consoles in the first place because everybody's got them and everybody has to have them. Right, right. So it's, you know, you put the golden gun in the game. All of a sudden you have the golden gun, and then oh, I'm taking away your golden gun, right? So the golden gun is a reference to the Nintendo 64 GoldenEye video game. Um, the golden gun was like a one-kill wonder. So everybody's got a golden gun, and now all of a sudden, you know, the golden gun's getting nerfed. I could obviously, yeah, I'd be upset too if I was the, the DPS elite player. But I'm not. Not anymore. And so I look. It doesn't. I as long as I can do a story mission, do one of the the canon story missions, and not feel as if though I'm struggling really hard. I like that fine balance of <laughs> I'm kicking their ass and oh I should watch what I'm doing. Yeah, like I like that fine <laughs> that balance. Exactly. Yeah, that's the sweet spot where I have to focus, but I also don't. I'm not blowing up every five minutes, right? As long as that's not toyed with, I'm okay. I'm good. Winters, what about you? Do you think there's going to be more fun as a result of these changes? To be honest with you, I don't Winters think so. Is like table flipping. <laughs> <laughs> Not for him. He's, he's administering a fleet and he has to deal with all the grumpy people. 
yeah, honestly, I don't think so. I think that's just, you know, one of those things that, you know, realistically, they just have to put into their announcement. Having said that, I won't know until I can actually get my hands on this. I haven't got a chance to go on to Tribble yet and actually test it. When I get a chance to do that and see how the changes actually are affecting me in missions, uh, I'll have a better idea. And that's one thing that I should really point out. Everyone should get on to Tribble and test this stuff. And if you've got some constructive feedback, not just, oh, no, it's crap and it's rubbish because I don't like it. That's not helpful at all. Go on to Tribble, test it, and leave your feedback on the forums because they could go back on some of this stuff. They could say, do you know what? The plasmonic leech thing, we've gone a little bit too far with it. Let's bring it back a bit. So everyone should be getting on to Tribble and testing this stuff out. Right, but manage your expectations because I think what Winters is referring to there is that instead of a, a 75% nerf on the plasmonic leech, it'll go to 60 I mean, I mean the the design goal here, as we said a couple weeks ago, is to take the 250k DPS and shrink those guys back down to 100. That's gonna happen. So, Kenna, what do you think? Is this gonna be more fun for you? I, well, I'm not sure about me because I'm not sure if I'm gonna start a whole other character just um, just for the benefit of these changes. But I do think, in general, there is potential to be more fun, and the reason being because it feels to me as though we're moving away from a combat game and more towards a role-playing game where players are encouraged to choose their own path, if that makes sense. So, you know, it it, it will feel more like you have a chance to play a role rather than I have to do this because otherwise I'll never make it through the game. I mean, I, I there are a couple of issues that I have with immersion because some of the changes that they made don't seem to make sense to me for immersion, but I am choosing to ignore them. So like an example would be uh, torpedoes not affected by gravity wells. Like if it was real, torpedoes would definitely be affected by a gravity well. I'm sorry. And also shuttles being immune to a warp core breach. Dude, if a shuttle gets caught in a warp core breach, it's going to blow up. So I got some issues with my immersion, but, you know, on the whole, I think we're heading in the right direction. I think there might be a bit of pain in the meantime, but, you know, we'll get there. That brings us to this week's community question for Star Trek Online. What makes Star Trek Online fun for you? Community manager Ambassador Kell is planning on hosting what he called a mechanics AMA, ask me anything, on the forums and STO Builds subreddit in the near future. At the time of this recording, no date has been announced, but keep an eye on our social media channels for updates. And we're on Facebook at Priority One Podcast and Twitter at Priority One Pod. The proposed space balance changes are live now on the triple test server and cryptic developers are taking feedback via the official forum thread, which we will, of course, link in our show notes. And as Winter said, constructive feedback is the best feedback. If they follow a normal pattern, the changes should make it onto the live system in a couple of weeks. So keep tuning in to us here at Priority One Podcast for more information. I do want to make one little prediction. I think we're probably about a month away from season 12.5. Ooh, actually, that would that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, it would. Yeah. I, roughly about a month, maybe six weeks, since this stuff is... We don't speculate about Star Trek Discovery. We'll speculate about this. Yeah, We've got, you know, we've got about seven years of track record we can compare against uh, <laughs> for Star Trek Online. Yeah, I think more comfortable doing that. So before we move on, it's time for my top tip for this week. 
As many of you know, there are a number of species that can be unlocked as playable characters for the price of 600 Zen. Some of these include Join Trill, and it is also possible to play as a Klingon on the Federation faction. For a full list, you can check the Sea Store in-game and click on the Personnel tab on the left-hand side, and then click on the Species tab on the top. There is even a playable Remen species that can be unlocked for the Romulan faction. What you may not know is that it is possible to unlock this playable Remen species for free by simply reaching Tier 5 in your new Romulus reputation. Once you reach Tier 5, you can check this either in the Sea Store, as I previously stated, or in the Character Creation screen. So for anyone who may be considering creating a new alternate character, maybe you might want to check out the Remen species. For more information, we'll leave a link in the show notes at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO310. One final story in other Star Trek gaming news today. The makers of upcoming VR game Star Trek Bridge Crew are touting it as a, quote, AAA VR game, end quote. Matthew Handrahan, European Deputy Editor at GamesIndustry.biz, talked to Chris Early and David Vatipka after their talk at Casual Connect Europe, a gaming industry convention in Berlin this past February. Early, who is the VP of Digital Publishing at Ubisoft, and Vatipka, Creative Director at developer Redstorm Entertainment, emphasized that to them, the future of VR is in social gaming, and that Bridge Crew will be one of the best. Redstorm Entertainment launched a social VR title last year called Werewolves Within, and they're using learnings from it to apply to other games, including Bridge Crew. Vatipka said, quote, There aren't many social VR experiences out there for people, so when they see something like Werewolves Within, they don't know what to expect. It's multiplayer only, it requires voice commands to play, and it's entirely driven by player personalities. All those things in one game is a pretty big question, end quote. One of the things they found in Werewolves Within, according to the GamesIndustry.biz article, was that 30% of players stayed in the game for at least an hour, suggesting that social VR is encouraging players to stay in game longer. We already heard from Early that he expects Bridge Crew to come in at 40 hours plus total gameplay, so keeping players engaged is key. But what about the claim of being a AAA game? Early says, quote, What I feel super strongly about is there will be AAA VR games. I think we're making one with Star Trek Bridge Crew VR, end quote. Now this is where I think we're starting to hear marketing speak over game developer speak. The term AAA game doesn't really mean anything, and these days can actually have more of a negative connotation than anything. Wikipedia puts it well, A AAA game is an informal classification used for video games with the highest development budgets and levels of promotion. AAA game development is associated with high economic risk, with high levels of sales required to obtain profitability. Generally speaking, AAA games are the gaming equivalent of the film industry's blockbusters, and I'd say that most people think of both as being smash hits. The only problem is that sticky notion of high economic risk. If you're building a game that requires high sales in order to profit, then there's an equally high risk of it making a loss, even if it sells hand over fist. But Ubisoft have clearly seen fit to invest in Bridge Crew, and certainly early seems to be behind it. It's encouraging to me as a player that they're thinking of it like a AAA game, because I'm now expecting a very high-quality product. They've still got one big question to answer, though. How are they going to get the game into the hands of players like me, who can't afford to or don't want to invest in VR? Until they can answer that question, I will sadly remain skeptical of the game's potential. 
Star Trek Bridge Crew VR is slated for release on PlayStation VR, HTC Vive, and Oculus Rift at the end of May. Henry and I and Jace, when we were at the New York Star Trek convention, I don't know if Jace got a chance to do it, but I, I, and Henry didn't, but I, or did. Henry did as well, too, actually. Got the chance to test the game out, and then shortly after that, I was able to interview David Vitipka. So the experience itself... Uh, it was fun. It was definitely fun. I enjoyed it. It was intriguing. You know, you had the headset on. It was very immersive. There was no choppiness. It's not what VR used to be in the 90s, right? What's interesting in the game's development is that it's it keeps getting pushed back, but not for development reasons. Not because there are issues, but they keep adding and adding and making the game bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So that's... That's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. Now, again, that price point of, of investing in something like a PlayStation VR, a Vive, or Oculus Rift, that's a big barrier to entry. Big, big barrier to entry. Honestly, I think that... I don't know. I, I, I think VR is a fad much like 3D televisions. I don't know that we're going to see that kind of a break in market compared to something like AR, like augmented reality. I'm, I'm disappointed that a game like this... Because as beautiful as it was, I, I'm i like, can't, couldn't this have been done for mobile too? Like the Google, you know, the Pixel or this, the Cardboard or something like that. You do need the controllers, but Google Google's dream has a little small little pad remote. So I don't know. I, I've, I, I Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go with you here, Elijah. I really do think that if that the hardware investment required to uh, play this triple A software game is going to be a bridge too far for most people. I'm raising my hand here. Henry a bridge has... crew too far. Oh, oh. there you go. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, Henry's got Henry's got an HTC Vive, I think. I think he's the, that's the one he sprung for. And he plays Elite Dangerous with it, and he loves it and says it's amazing. I'm sure he'll pick this game up because he's already paid the barrier to entry. Me? No, I, I, I'm, it's not. It's just not worth it to me because what it sounds like it's an Artemis knockoff uh, wrapped in a Star Trek wrapper. And Artemis is a great game. Don't get me wrong, but it can be played on an old laptop um, and be just as fun because why? It's social. What makes it fun is the other people, and that needs to be. So what you need to do is cast as wide an audience, uh, wide as net as possible for your audience, which means make it on Google Cardboard with little. Little little finger pads. That's what they should have done with it. It's a design flaw, in my opinion. Because if I play it, I'm gonna want to play it with like you guys, right? But I don't have very many friends that are, are investing in, in. You have Henry. You have Henry. <laughs> I have Henry. Yeah. And and I have Henry. So if 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 you if you dropped eight hundred bucks or whatever, and and I dropped eight hundred bucks, there's there's three and. And then everyone else can go hang, and we'll never see them again or talk to them because we'll be so having so much fun in our little social club on the bridge. Everyone else will never see them again. I mean, prob- the prob- the big problem here for me is uh, is just the maths behind it. You know, even for a quote unquote AAA game, you know, a normal one on you know the Xbox One or PlayStation Four. Uh, though, because there's so much money behind the development, they have to sell an absolute ton of copies, and you can get a AAA game that sells hand over fist and is the top of every leaderboard, and still makes a loss because it's because it doesn't sell enough to cover the costs. That's it for this week's Star Trek Online news. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See. We are getting to know each other. 
Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Episode 309's first community question was, how do you feel about the possibility of bringing back iconic characters like Bones, Scotty, Spock, or Data in CGI format, much like they did Peter Cushing's character in Rogue One? From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Eklinar wrote, I agree with Kenna that putting CGI characters as portrayed by deceased actors in movies is unappealing. Personally, I find it disrespectful both to the actor and to the fans. From Twitter, C. Halpin said, as long as the estate profits from it and is on board, go for it. From Facebook, James Sillett writes in and says, I'm fine with it as long as the families are. My dad passed when I was nine, and if I could see a CG version of him today, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, that's that opens up the doors to, to a lot of things. I mean, remember in, um, was it Age of Ultron? Or the last Avengers movie, where he has that whole hologram on stage, Tony Stark... And he's reliving his past, his memory, the, the day that his, uh, his parents had, the last time he saw his parents. Yeah, there's, it, it, can, it can be therapeutic maybe. Uh, I know from the other game, uh, Elite Dangerous, that I play, they just put their character creator in. And some guy got on there and said, wow, this, this is a really great thing. I've managed to recreate my brother who passed away last year. And so he can, he can, he can now fly as that guy. And it, it's, it's, it's uh, maybe a little macabre. But as long as the family uh, is, is the one that's doing it, I don't maybe think there's any harm. From the Star Trek Online forums, Tyler Maxwell said, Yeah, I gotta go with Kenna on this. The actors themselves should have the final word on how their likeness is portrayed in new works, even after their deaths, not their families or estates, etc. If the actor is not around but the character is important, then the show-slash-movie should just recast. A few seconds of CGI cameo is one thing, but anything longer and the likeness essentially becomes a sock puppet for someone else's acting and characterizations. That seems pretty disrespectful. As fun as it might seem to see old faces return to screen after their death, the reality is that all good things must come to an end. From Priority1Podcast.com, Sean Newboy says, Wonderful show, everyone. I don't mind CGI for cameos or short bits with dead actors, but it should be minimal. There should definitely be compensation for the families. As for doing it on live actors that have aged, it's fine as long as the actor is compensated, voices it, and has some control to keep it accurate. Episode 309's second community question was, What are your thoughts of Jason Isaacs taking command of the Discovery? Do you think he's Starfleet Command material? Drogan on Twitter says, Absolutely, but since he's not the main character, the question is, will he be an ally or an antagonist? From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Lucas Anderson says, I'm excited to see Jason Isaacs join the cast. I loved Awake, and I think Isaacs did great in it. Unfortunately, I also think he's not long for the show. Unless my previous theory of zombie fungus is true, in which case we get to see Isaacs play evil again. See Harry Potter and the Patriot. Wait, his IMDb page lists 13 episodes. Hmm telling you ned stark ned stark ned stark well so basically he's in one episode and then the rest is flashbacks is what you're saying that could be too we could go from there but but i'm i'm thinking i'm feeling a real sean bean ned stark vibe he 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 he, he bites it at the end of the last uh, episode of the season from the Star Trek Online forums, Dan Queller says, I think we've had at least one captain with a similar accent that pulled it off fairly well, so I will await and see the character. I've yet to see a Starfleet captain in the main chair who didn't eventually grow into the role. Look forward to the next show. And from Twitter, Shane at STO underscore Shane, I'm also worried he'll be typecast as the bad guy and killed off early. But I hope I'm wrong because I enjoy his work. 
And before we go, we want to spotlight some iTunes reviews that you have left us. Quadzi wrote, tons of fun in podcast form. Even more fun to watch the live stream. Most fun is had meeting and drinking with them in person at STLV. Tons of good info around Star Trek Online, but also tons of other Star Trek-related discussions to keep things interesting. They even have a science guy that pops in once in a while to talk real-life tech and space. I'm way too busy to listen to more than a few podcasts without falling miserably behind, but this is the one that has never fallen off my list. And J-Mac wrote in, This show is always up-to-date with all Star Trek information. They have assembled the best crew to listen to in the Alpha Quadrant. Keep it up. You all are awesome. So thank you so wow. very much for the... Uh, for Not only two reviews, two so awesome thank you. reviews. Yeah, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, two I'm awesome blushing. reviews. I'm blushing. Yes, thank you very much. So we encourage you, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, to please head on over and uh, leave us a review. Let other Trekkies know how much you enjoy the show. Well, that wraps up episode 310 of Priority One Podcast. But before we go, here's our community question for this week. What is fun for you in Star Trek Online? Captains, you know we love hearing from you, so leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com or on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast. You can also tweet us via at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.PriorityOnePodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record episodes live on Thursday nights at around 11 p.m. Eastern. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, you can join us in Star Trek Online in the Priority One Armada. If you're interested, just head over to PriorityOneArmada.com and sign up today. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash priority one. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at guardfrequency.com, covering the world of space sims, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many more. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. Thanks to our audio team, led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker and Jake Morgan, and with support from Midnight Shadow 7 of Hollow Sweep Media. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to associate producer, Navy Boatslew. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage.
This is Elijah. Intro, sync one. This is Kenna. Intro, sync two. This is Tony, eight and a half, and let's keep it there. Sync three. This is Winters. Intro, sync four. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Tony. And in the recording booth, as always, is our audio engineer, Winters. Jigwit Jug is a faulty oath. Right, Lenny. I need you to say. I need. I need you to say that again. Only uh, get up close to your mic. Kiss the mic. Kiss the mic, baby. Jigwit Jug is a faulty oath. There we go. That was good. Since it's St. Patrick's Day today Check for me, yeah, gotta do it there. of Irish. And nearly for the rest of us. Yeah. yeah Top right. of the morning to you. Oh, dear God, I hate when people do that crap. It annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> Shall I do it again? Mm, 8.6. 8. <laughs> 8. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm dialing it back. Oh, crap. We didn't, we didn't fill out, trick it out in the intro. Oh come on! I was gonna do something with that. Oh, all right. That's nah, all right. I, I can wing it. What do we What do we do in Trek it out anyway? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't have a script. Um, we don't have a script. It's not a problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> or if you're brave, you can leave us a voicemail. Just click on the. Just cancel the voicemail thing. Via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com, period. You're going to do that again without the period? <laughs> to check if your build could be affected, we'll have... To check if your build could have been affected, we'll have a link... Jesus Christ. I hear you laughing. I hear you laughing, too. Like, I'm not even looking at you, but you're like... <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's so not difficult. So you just There's, haven't read it no, at no, all. no, 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 no. Hang on. There are the, many subclauses in this sentence. There should be some periods <laughs> and some additional capital are. letters Seriously. involved, some breaks and transitions. But there were a also a handful of a, system tweaks. I put a semicolon That's in there. exactly what we're talking about. There's, if if your if your sentence is so long, a semicolon is the appropriate punctuation. It's too long. You've, you've First t- of all, what does a semicolon have anything to do in speech? This is supposed to be no, because it's text. the difference between there were also a handful of systems tweaks to check if your and and there were all that, there that were also a handful a of, of systems tweaks to check if your build could be affected. Oh, That's the, it's a, a big difference. There's it's a, known as a it's a full stop in British terms. You know, no. you know, you need a full stop there. It's full stop. <sighs> all right, full stop. Let me get let me get through this 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 last sentence. You can do it. There were it. also a handful of system tweaks. To check if your build could be affected, we'll leave a link in this week. <laughs> I was trying to laugh. I just couldn't. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, pos- I'm taking the pauses. The semicolon pause, the you, comma no, pause. No, the the full the stop pause, I believe, is what's appropriate there. <laughs> the, the semicolon is not so much an indicator of the pause as it is an, an indicator of the, of, the, of, of the tone of the end of the word tweaks in order to lead uh, into uh, to check uh, if. There were also a handful of system tweaks. To check if your build could be affected, we'll leave a link to this week's console patch notes in the show notes for this episode. <laughs> oh my god! Almost made it. You were almost there. <laughs> oh my god, I feel so bad for whoever's going to edit Stone News this week because it sure as hell ain't going to be me. We'll leave a link to this week's console patch notes in the show notes for this episode. At- Jesus Christ, Kenna. Come on, seriously. You hear it, though, right? You hear it now? You hear it. No, 
Let me do it. There were also a handful no, of systems fine. tweaks to check if your build could be affected. We'll leave a link to this week's console patch notes in the show notes for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO3. Yeah, look, you just ran out of breath. Okay. To check if your build could be affected, we'll leave a link to this week's console patch notes in the show notes for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO3. 310. You know, Boom. when you have a full stop in there, it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yes. Time for we, breathing, I you know. <laughs> time, time for breathing. Yeah. Time for breathing. It's, it's the role of a good narrator, Elijah, to be able to pick those places where you do micro pauses. But, you know, I don't expect Moving you to know on. that. <clears throat> oh, yeah, my computer just froze. We'd like you to be listening to the smooth sounds of Priority One Podcast, but we're probably not. Best radio voice ever. (laughs) That's right. It's easy listening B98 FM. (laughs) Straight out of West Side of Wichita. Boring music from a boring place. I don't know if we're. Yeah, we can hear you. you, Yeah. You're all right. Just just barely over the sound of Kenny G. It's a screen on on the stream, though. All right, we're back. I think I think Elijah was signaling us with like a, a clam. I'm gonna punch was you it, in the head. No, no it, it was. Guys, what what guys. does hand over fist mean? Uh, what is that colloquialism? What hand over that? fist. Hand over fist yeah, means ha- ton, you make tons of money. Like tons, absolute like, tons. Like it's, yeah. It's I think I think it's a reference to old sailors when you when you hauled on ropes, uh, you just kept pulling it in. You're just you're you're constantly hand over fist. Yeah. Got it. So, okay. All right, let's wrap up this like hour long conversation. It's okay. not. It's, it's like fifty minutes. Yeah, it's pretty there cool. was and there was at least ten minutes of you fluffing that one line. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it in post. The cornerstone of this obligation is we'll fix it in post. Uh, yeah. uh, the cornerstone, cornerstone of this, this obligation. <laughs> organization. Sorry. See. See. Oh, wow. Something else. <laughs> something else to fix in post. Wow. Something Freudian. else to fix in post. Yes. Yeah, something else to fix in slip. Uh, yeah, because we're obliged to fix everything in post here. Okay. Here we go. Uh, and lastly, before we go, I would like to spotlight uh, iTunes review feedback that we got. <gasps> Someone reviewed us on iTunes? This Yay. Is your, this and is please, your best day ever, Kevin. Please do more of that. I know. That makes me so happy. So happy. I'm trying to load it up. Well, <sighs> Tony. You know what that means. Computer's going to blow up. <laughs> Crap. I feel like I need, like, a pina colada... Mm-hmm. Definitely something with an umbrella. In I it. have that too. I have that song somewhere too. I just have to load it into the playlist. Next week. Next week. All right. So this is Elijah closing sync one. This is Kenna closing sync two. This is Tony closing sync three. This is Winters closing sync four. This is a story of a girl drown the whole world, etc., etc. Closing in three, two, closing. Oh. Excuse you. Stop it. Stop I think it. of all the things I do to him on this show, I think that one makes him the most angry. <laughs> it's such a simple little thing, but he's the oh, oh. Closing in three, two. Well, that wraps up episode 310. He's all done now. Forget. Go home. It's all done. Go home. Okay. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible.
also permission from Soviet Russia.